Welcome to another episode of Pro-Am Disc Golf. I'm Gavin Goodwin. And I'm Chris Lesbo. I am your amateur. And I'm your professional. And today we are your contest announcers. Ta-da! So uh, what we've done is we've taken the number of emails that we got, which were a lot. Yeah, thank I you. I don't know that we're going to get all through them today, so that's why we're doing this at the top of the show is just to you know make In sure case. we get that giveaway out. Um, we're proud of you. Yeah, thank you guys. And we have two discs to give away, and so we've uh, signed numbers to everybody that submitted and um, we are putting those in a random number generator now. So who was, what was the first number, Chris? The first number is 15. 15. Which will be... Um, hold on just a second. Let's see, uh, let's see if we get the same count here. I got this one by my count. Um... Yes, let's go by that. Okay, so the first random number. Chris is better at math than I am, so we're going to go with that. Uh, number 15 turns out to be Andrew Umana. So we need your address. So uh, send that to us, email or a secure way somehow. Yeah, we'll get you a Frisbee. And uh, you get to pick which one you want. Yep. If we don't, if well, you know what? You get to pick which one you want, unless we don't hear from you before the other person we hear from. So Yeah, okay. Actually, you know what, Andrew? You won the sword. Andrew wins the sword. We're just going to make it easy on ourselves. <laughs> Executive that decision. Andrew wins the sword. Okay. Now, who wins the hatchet, Chris? Second random number, courtesy of random.org, is 11. So that's, let me count that out. That's Dean Lizenby. Dean Lizenby. So, Dean, you win a sweet copper penny hatchet. Nice. And we are having fun in the snow and staying warm. Sort yes. of. So, uh, Dean, we also need your contact information and congratulations. And, uh, that's our episode for tonight. Thanks (laughs) Thanks for listening. No, uh, I wish it was. Let's start going through these. We have a thousand Uh, hypotheticals. So Chris and I were pretty sure that we said Facebook or sorry, email only entries. We got one via Instagram and some via Facebook. So why don't you? I read the one. I did count those in towards the drawing. We did. We did. We weren't going to be two sticklers on that, but uh, follow the instructions because next time we're going to stick to what we say. So Uh, um, via Instagram. Yes. Would you rather be on a card with the Munsters or the Adams family? And you're going to have a way better answer than I do here. The Munsters or the Adams. Do you know who these are? I know who they are, but in my head, they're almost the same and they're both just bizarre families from what? Fifties or sixties. Uh, they're old, like well, black and white monster TV. Yeah, so the Munsters were really a ripoff of the Adams Family. I didn't even know which one came first. Yeah, so the Adams Family was a comic strip um, going way back uh, to, I think, the 20s, maybe. Okay. Not sure exactly. I can't remember the artist's name who came up with them. Maybe not that old, but uh, the Adams Family was, yeah, was this comic strip that then turned into a TV show. Um, and when I was a kid, I preferred the Munsters over the Adams Family. Okay. And this was before even the Adams Family movies came out, like when I was a little kid watching, you know, reruns on Saturdays. Uh, as I've gotten older, I don't watch either of them now, but Adams Family definitely is funnier. And okay. Is a, is a better show, I think. Okay. But Munsters was more for kids. So, uh, Munsters is like the Flintstones. The Flintstones was the honeymooner set in um, prehistoric times. Monsters is kind of just that same thing, but they're monsters. Uh, okay. So, but yeah, it's just a little more slapsticky version of the Adams family, which is pretty slapsticky in and of itself. Yeah. So, uh, monsters or Adams family. So this is a big doubles card because they're both like families. Um, so 
It, it did say a card of, so it could still oh. be, it could be singles. This, oh, okay, we, they're, okay, okay. they're kind of a mix of doubles all and right, not. Right. So I would say, <sighs> my answer is going to be whichever family is smaller. I'm trying which to I think, think is the monsters. Smaller. I think they might be the same size. I think it's like six to seven. Okay. I don't know. Well, it depends on who you, is Uncle Fester part of the family. I think so. And is is it part of the family? Definitely. Cousin it. Definitely. And thing. Yeah. Okay. So then it would be the monsters for you. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say the Adams family, uh, just to be contrary. Cool. Good answer. Hold on. We gotta pause it real quick. And we're back. Okay. Okay. Should have just been nothing for you guys, but we had to <laughs> pause. We're back. Pause. I had to take a phone call. Um. Okay. Do you want to do Facebook? Should yes. We, email first? we will go through Facebook. So you went with the monsters. I went with Adam's family. Uh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to say Adam's family, not just to be contrary. Uh, you said it was funnier. I think they're cooler. Yeah. I thought they were the original, so that would have been my answer. Yeah. But then a group of eight is too much for me, so I changed. That is a big group. That is a really big group. Um, Adam's family are more likely to uh, just freak everybody else out. Because they're just more mischievous, probably, mm-hmm. than the monsters. But good question. Who was that from? I uh, just closed it. Montana something something. something. Montana something something. Thanks, yeah. Montana something something. I uh, think that's actually what it says. <laughs> this one is from Sean Grew. Grow Grew. Uh, okay. Uh, trying to make sure. Okay, this is one. What's up, Gavin and Chris? I have a couple hypotheticals for you. Boom. First one is, would you rather be able to throw 400, I'm guessing he meant feet there because he just said 400, but be completely unable to putt where all you can do is drop it in the basket or throw 100 feet dead straight. Okay, so drop it in the basket. So you can't. So you're, you're you me. You can throw 400 Option feet. Option one is you're me. <laughs> but you can throw farther than 400. <laughs> uh, uh, or throw 100 feet dead straight and make any putt inside of 50. Mm. Um, so let's do this one first. This one, I would say, is easy for me. I'd rather throw 400 feet. Really? Yep. See, I would rather throw 100 feet and then hit anything inside of 50 feet. Because if I can throw 400 feet accurately enough, I can make drop-ins on long holes. Good point. The 50-foot putting thing is a real draw, but 100 feet is just not quite enough. Because that means even 200-foot so holes, you're I'm taking probably misreading this and twos and threes. where it's you have to throw 400 feet. <laughs> then I would switch, yes. But I think throwing up to 400 feet and not being able to putt is better and that's kind of what I've yeah if done. i if we're playing it that way then i agree with you that if you can throw it 400 feet or less and then get to where you can tap in yeah you're 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 gonna stay closer to par than only throwing 100 feet because if it's a 300 foot hole mm-hmm. that's three throws to get you into the circle and then you're throwing in yeah now if it's a 400 foot hole even if I miss, yeah. I can lay up intentionally and the make only, a tap in three. The only way you're, the only part uh, thing you're going below par on is like sub three hundred foot holes, mm-hmm. which, and so it's dead straight. So that also doesn't account for any kind of yeah. like flex shots or any kind of. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you'd win putting leagues. You'd that's never true. That. That's a lot of bragging rights in the winter time. But, but that's then, it. That's it. Yeah. 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 I go four hundred. All right. I, I agree with you on that one, Chris. Hey, Is that the first time we've agreed on these? It might I be. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Second hypothetical. Okay. Uh, is would you rather play a wooded short course? No. With, <laughs> with the most breathtaking scenery that is only 3,500 feet long and every hole is 200 or less. So a very short course, but very beautiful and very okay. technical. 
or a desolate desert course with a little to no scenery that is 10,000 feet long and a true challenge for any pro. I, yeah. 10,000 feet long. That's a long. I've played a 14,000. Where? It was in Oregon, Temp on a ball golf course. I it wonder how long, too long Goat Hill is. Because that was a long it's probably, I think it's like 11. Because you're 10. playing the full 18. It's, it's long. The full like 18 golf yeah. course. Um, and listeners of the show know that, can probably guess my answer. Because Goat Hill was not a barren you didn't like desert it. course. But it was just throw far, you know, throw I, far, throw far. That's really hard. I'm going to say the short course. I'm definitely going to say the short course too. Yeah. I like throw- I'm surprised at that though. I like throwing far. I like challenging courses. But when they're long, just to be long. And it's... Really, just the desert versus the view is my answer. I I think there's beauty in a desolate desert, though. Like I think so too. But it, I'm so when I pictured nice views, I'm thinking like you're up in the trees around Tahoe. Yeah, and it's just gorgeous. And I'd yeah. rather be there. I'm gonna pick the that the wooded course as well. Good question, though. That's a really good question. I didn't think I'd ever pick. I mean, my initial response should tell you how I feel. All right, uh, next one. Um, oh, he has said he also emailed this. Okay. Oh. Good. Who was it? Oh, Taylor Michael. Banks. Why okay. do you read Taylor's? That's in there. Did you find it? Yep. Okay. Um, would Would you rather play a snow round where your feet stay dry but every shot gets a huge skip in the wrong direction or a round where your feet get soaking wet but every drive is perfectly accurate and sticks the landing every time? What say you, Chris? I'm first again? Okay. Oh, no. Um, okay. Yeah, that's right. I'll go first this time. Uh, I have my answer, though. I'm not going to change okay. it. Okay. Um, I think I talked about this last week where, for me snow golf in the snow is like a different sport Mm -hmm. and so i would rather keep my feet dry and just deal with the weird skips and just understand that this is just a different sport i'm out here having fun but it's a variation on the theme of disc golf it's not disc golf as i would hope to play it in you know normal conditions or ideal conditions so but i i'm pretty good at being cold and dealing with the cold and but uh wet feet in the snow, mm-hmm. they, it, it just isn't worth it. I'd get maybe two holes in and be like, this is dumb. This is not worth it. I'm, I'm risking like serious health complications. Yeah. I'm done and I'm going in. So I feel like I'd get like one, maybe two holes in if that, Yeah, that's... and then just leave whatever discs I didn't find and just hightail it out of there. That's a fair answer. Um, I'm similar actually. I hate wet feet, especially when it's cold. So I would absolutely say I'd rather have dry feet. And I love watching discs skip on snow and ice. It's so fun. Simon just released a video of him playing on the lakes up in Vermont. Ice skating and ice shots. And check it out. It's funny. Oh, he's, he's throwing, playing while he's skating? Yeah. Oh, that's and cool. then throwing shots off the ice. It's fun. So I really like watching weird ice skips. I would way rather have dry feet. All right. So I think we're, we're simpatico on that one as well. Yeah. What an um, agreeable day. Yeah. We are, we are going through these quick. That's good. We have 25. Uh, okay. This one's Don Olson. Um, said, would you rather throw flippy discs or stable putters in 25 mile per hour winds? I'm going to say, oh, wait, it's your turn to go first. Stable putters. Um, I mean, given, given this situation, like some holes or if it's a tailwind, if I need to throw far, definitely flippy. Um, I'm, when I when I heard the question, I pictured like a 300-foot shot, straight headwind, putter. Absolutely putter. Um, the first ch- ch- er, first tournament I ever played was a trilogy challenge back in 2014, I think, when the Shield, Claymore, and Thief were the pack. And I played on a windy course, 
and I was still dumb. I didn't know anything. I was throwing the thief. I was like, what's the fast one? It's going to go far. And it was like three neighborhoods over. So by like the third hole, I was only throwing the shield. So even then, when I didn't know what I was doing, I kind of knew that overstable putters were better for how I play. So I think I have to stick with that. I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've, I've played in heavy winds once, and I talked about this here, and it was uh, not a great round to try to gauge my skill because there were so many kids running around. It was a lot of fun, but not um, wouldn't even count that as a practice round necessarily. So uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, but uh, I'll go out and have fun. And if there's somebody else's discs, or I shouldn't say that. I don't want to lose anybody <laughs> else's discs. I don't lose any disc, period. But if it's like, if they're, uh, you know, used discs out of the, the, the discount used bin, then I'll just throw them all and have fun and, not, and find what I can and not worry about the rest. So, okay. Uh, he also added um, a little bit of a story here, too. He said, uh, uh, should have wrote in about the st- story of how I lost my hatchet. Ooh. I said, we'll take that story as well. If you remember a few episodes back, we took uh, people's yeah, yeah, sad yeah. stories. So we'll just go through this quick. So I asked him for it. Uh, he said, I had a pink tournament plastic hatchet that I got from a buddy. It was the perfect turnover disc. If I threw it about 70%, it would flip up and have a nice controllable turn. I've parked holes I never thought I could birdie with this disc. One day I took it to the field to compare it with a new VIP hatchet oh. and a thief. Field casualty. Uh, I threw them all back and forth a few times with no problem. It was getting close to dark, and I had decided to throw the disc back to where I started one more time. That's the famous last words. Uh, And call it a day. I threw the thief, and it went slightly to the right before straightening out and landing softly about 250 feet away. I was throwing slightly uphill, and there wasn't much wind. Next, I threw the VIP hatchet and got a nice S-flight out of it. Last, I threw the tournament hatchet. I accounted for the understability of the disc by throwing it up on a hyzer angle, and you put put it up high thinking it would have time to to fade back. But that disc must have been more beat in than I thought, or I just really got a hold of that one. I just stood there in shock and awe as I watched it go from a steep hyzer angle to flat and then over to an anhyzer angle. It just kept going. It kept going up the hill to the right, through the trees, and down a hill covered in dead leaves and snow. I don't know if it took a wicked roll all the way down the hill and into the river about 200, another 220 feet or if it was hmm. just buried in the leaves and snow somewhere on the hillside. I looked for that about a half hour before I gave up. Rip TP hatchet. So sad story. Yeah. Those are, uh, those are always bummer stories. Yeah. Field, field casualties just hurt. I know. All right. So we are done with Facebook and Instagram. Kay. So now we're on to the, uh, you the, know, the real, the real, ones. the real mail. Um, I'm starting down with Nikolai. Sure. Okay. Do you want to read that one? Cause I think I just read the last one. Uh, yeah. Cause then you have to answer first. Okay. Uh, you love the podcast. Thank you, Nikolai. I do too. Um, would you rather be 1050 rated and win all the time, but be a complete dick all the time to everybody, even your nearest, or be 950 rated? Is nearest like a did did he forget to say nearest something, or is that like I'm a, guessing that's like to you and yours? Okay, I was just wondering like those close to you. I I've never heard it, but okay. I interpreted it as such. <laughs> the other day, I was uh, in a building on campus, and there was like a TV screen up showing like just flashing messages and mm-hmm. you know it's just like a ro- rotating billboard of things on campus and there was this something about women conference like you know women and was women in leadership but it wasn't that yeah um and women was spelled w-o-m-x-n and i asked the 
the young woman at the counter said, is there, is there a reason women is spelled that way? And she's like, those have been up since like two semesters ago. I don't know. Huh. And so I told her and she's like, I, I don't know if that's like a new thing or, or a typo. Or yeah. So lights I, out or something. But the thing is like, I would have just assumed that was a typo two years ago. Yeah. Now it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Is that like a more inclusive way of saying I, women? I don't know. I don't so, know either. Somebody knows. Let me know. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Sorry. So I, you're I, nearest. Yeah. I interpret that as like you and yours. Okay. So would you rather be 1050 rated and just be not a nice person? Yep. Or, or be 950 rated, hypersocial, always making people feel good, making them laugh, maybe winning a tournament a year. Uh, I'd rather be 950 rated yeah. and happy. I think if you listen to the show, that's probably not a surprise for either of us. Yeah. I, to me, to be 950 rated would be like an incredible jump up from where I am. I mean, like 300 I, point plus increase. That, so, that second option sounds like me for the last few years. Yeah, like, that's kind of where you, know, you are. Good enough. You have a lot of fun playing. Yeah. You maybe win a tournament. You maybe win something. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that sounds not great to me about this is the hypersocial part. <laughs> I just, yeah. Introvert. Alert. Yeah. So, but, uh, that's, I think that's the one, both one for yeah. both of us. I will, I will say that I would rather stay happy and fun to be around than win everything. And that pretty much pulls for me in all aspects of life. Like if I could be, you know, have more money, but also be less kind. Yeah. To people around, like that just kindness. doesn't. Yeah. I like my wife and kids too much. Yeah, that's kind of the theme we go but here. thank you for writing in, Nikolai. I'm sure a lot of people would rather be 1050 rated and win everything. So don't uh-huh. feel and like there that's are probably a people question. I don't want to hang out with too much. <laughs> if you listen to the show, keep listening. <laughs> and hopefully you can work on that. But uh, yeah, and honestly, we probably know some of those people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen yeah. glimpses. Yeah. All right, next one. From Eric Trinik. Trin- Ooh, I'm not going to try. Trinik. Trinique. Trinky. Trinky. Trink. Trink. T. Well, okay. You know who it is, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting a kick. You know right who now. you are. Uh, I appreciate all the content, guys. I listen on Stitcher and really like that you guys keep it light and fun. Keep up Yay, the good work. Stitcher. Thank you for listening. Uh, we have a lot of listeners on Stitcher, by the way. That's what I use. Oh, okay. I guess anybody who probably. Not Apple. Everybody who doesn't use an iPhone probably uses Stitcher. And some people on iPhones use Stitcher, I think. So, yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, all right. Hi, hypothetical. Would you rather enter an am invitation only putting competition for a chance to win a year's salary and a new vehicle worth, let's say up to $60,000, but you have to make every putt and one eye blindfolded, or would you enter another putting competition for 5k guaranteed, but every putt has to be on one leg and offhanded. You could only choose one and they will never happen again. Risk reward. Thanks again, guys. Hmm. So you're winning a year's salary and so a sixty thousand dollar car. You can you can win that. Yes, you can if you win, win if you if you hit every single putt with one eye closed. Yes. Or would you rather take five thousand dollars to participate in a one leg offhanded putting contest? Yeah. Okay. Well, I am all about risk and reward. Um, I always take risk, but there's a certain point where my ration steps in. And 5,000 guaranteed for one leg left-handed putting. I honestly have a better chance at that than not missing a putt my normal style with one eye closed. Yeah. So I have to back off that risk because I'm not going to win a putting contest with one eye. Yeah. I'm not going to win a putting contest with two eyes. 
I'm, I'm with you on that. I will also point out that uh, I work for myself, so my salary can be anywhere between <laughs> whatever zero, you want. one cent and one dollar, <laughs> depending on, on where my taxes are. Uh, so salary's not a big incentive for me. And I do have a car that works just fine. $60,000, um, I would get something a lot of fun. But uh, I, I, you know, don't need that. And for a guaranteed five grand, yeah, any day of the week. Because I know I will miss a putt. Like, there's no way that I'm, I'm, if I'm putting in my backyard, I'll miss a putt. I'm just not that good. Yeah. That's... There, there might be people who are, uh, but it ain't me. So, uh, thank you, Eric. So, we both choose the five grand to hang out. I do know people who are good enough at putting that would probably take the other one. It's just not me. If it were, well, there's people that are are more of a gambler than I am, and that's just not me. Like I'm. See, if it were like throw 450 foot hyzers with one eye closed, I would take that that chance. Both eye closed. I would take that chance for them. Yeah, I mean that's just muscle. You don't need to look where you're going. You just need to know that there's exactly 450 feet of clear space in front of you. Mm -hmm. If it was throw a 450 foot hyzer for 60 grand, or get five grand. I'm going to get the five grand because yep. I would have to throw yep. way farther than um, than I've ever thrown. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. Or or get five grand just for being there. I'd rather take the five grand. So, All right. Next one. Do you want to read that one, Chris? I'm um, sure. Let's see. Stuff and things. All right. This is a big one. Let me see. I like how he opens it. Just read the whole thing. All right. Gentlemen. I first listened to your podcast while on vacation with my family this pat this summer in the Upper Peninsula Peninsula of Michigan. An upper. This upper. past summer. Upper. Oh, okay, repeating yourself. No wonder I'm confused. Just kidding. And I have listened to every episode since. You know uh, what a upper is, right? Yeah. Well, we went over this. Did we? Yeah. Was that I my, aunt, that was my on... aunt went to school in Northern? But was, I thought that was not on the air. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I thought that was when we were playing knows. with Alex. I don't know. I don't anyway. know either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Recently got back into disc golfing after five or more years of not playing while living in Alaska with no courses on the island. Alaska's awesome. Now I'm in Illinois and I try to get out at least twice a week except when it's below freezing. I love the different perspectives you both have on the topics and love the tangents. Yes, so do we. Keep up the good work. I love the idea of these hypothetical questions and I'm what, going what to... What tangents is he even talking about here, Chris? I'm just kidding as I, as I pull us off. <laughs> Tangent. I was trying to decide if I go with it. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to keep a running list on my phone as I randomly think of more. That's awesome. Ooh, thank you. Okay. Would you rather always throw 50 feet farther than anyone on your card except while putting? That's oh. a that's a nice exception. Yeah, that there. is a great exception. 20 foot putt. Bye. <laughs> Guys, will somebody just stay out there so I can make it? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, or, or, or. Or hit every. Or hit every putt inside circle one but miss every putt that is longer. Ooh, things to think about. If somebody parks or overshoots the basket, you would be looking at a 50-plus foot return putt. Because Oh, so if anyone overshoots it, you're still going 50 past. Oh. So if it's a 300-foot hole and someone on your card throws 350, you're throwing 400. Oh, that I, I'm not going to play with you very much. That's a play. good twist. That is a good twist. Wow. Okay, what do you think? Um, I think with that twist, uh, I think I'm going to have to take the second one because I have to, that's funny. I, I, well, I think I, I think I do have to, because what that's saying (laughs) is like, if someone 
misses a putt and lands inches behind the basket, you've got to throw it 50 feet behind the basket. Except while putting. So oh, it's except just off, while putting. It's just off tee shots. So oh. if somebody's tee shot on a 300-foot hole goes 350, you're going another 50 past that. Oh, no, then I'm going that one, definitely. Really? Yeah. Man, that's so funny. I feel like every time... Well, you already throw 50 feet farther than everyone you're playing with most of the time. Mm. There's, what, 3% of disc golfers who can throw farther than you? That's probably about right. Yeah. But I will say that I feel like every time make every circle one putt comes up in Would You Rathers, it usually wins. Like, would you rather never go out of bounds or would you rather make every circle one putt? Most people say circle one. So I kind of got a kick out of you saying that you have to take circle one putting because that's one of like the that's dreams the that people yeah. grab onto. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say circle one putting. Well, I think for your game, yeah. that totally makes sense. If, I, for if my I could game, just make every circle one putt, I would be 10-20 rated. Yeah. See, for my game, I would get, and for most holes around here, if I'm throwing 50 feet farther than the people around me, I'm in putting. I'm in circle two, probably, mm-hmm. you know, and if not, then I'm. The only time it would really come to bite me is if you're right on the edge of circle two and other people are overthrowing. And so you've got to throw it another 50 feet. But even then, you're, you're not – you can still land in circle two at that point because that's what I'm, that's what I'm counting for putting for this. Okay. So because – Yeah. So, so that's less than 50 feet, feet for the diameter of, of circle two, right? Yeah, because it's 45 feet. From circle the two radius is 20 meter. 20 meter which is 66 feet that's the radius mm-hmm. and so the circumference is you know diameter is 120 130 feet yeah so there's so that's not even an issue so i'm i'm gonna get a better score than i do now i feel like and aver- i'm gonna average a better score if i can throw 50 feet farther than everyone else yeah i think that's true yeah okay His because one. once i'm if i can get in the circle then i'm putting yeah and even like the few par fives like legit par fives, not the not the one that I played in Kansas, which was mm-hmm. like, or Nebraska, which was all of two hundred eighty seven feet. <laughs> um, what good is fifty feet? Yeah, well, that there it would come to bite you <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, people aren't going to be overthrowing it. At that the point. the only time I see the fifty foot throw benefiting is one if you don't throw very far, which is me. Or two, you're playing a course that every hole is 500 to 550, and nobody can quite reach it, but you'd be able to. Okay, sure. Those are the two situations I see that being like really good. Because I, I mean, I'm thinking of Vegas right now, and there are like five or six holes that I just can't quite reach. That 50 feet would be like, okay, that's nice. So you throw 500 feet mm-hmm. if if you can. I mean, if there's space to mm-hmm. throw 500 feet, you can throw 500 feet. I don't play with a ton of people, but if I do, like randomly end up with somebody, they're out throwing me by. 50 to 70 feet you know if they're out throwing me Mm -hmm. so that we're either like kind of in that same 300 ish range or they're at the 350 range Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of people that are even throwing 400 yeah i think so if somebody's throwing 350 then i'm throwing 400 so which is going to be give me a more competitive yeah yeah so it would probably serve me less well on the tour than it would the way that i play now yeah yeah, I don't expect anyone to crunch the numbers on that because our sport's <laughs> not big enough for that. He also has oh yeah, he's got one know. of my potentially favorite doubles questions. Would you rather play doubles with Jar Jar Binks from Star Wars Episode One or Ruby Road from Fifth Element? 
Uh, okay. I like Fifth Element. I do too. I haven't seen it for a long time. Who is Ruby Road? Uh, I think it's Chris Rock with the like leopard onesie. Oh, you are such the a big racist. Blonde hair. You are such a racist. That's Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Sorry, I get them confused. Chris, they're they're both funny. The same. They're both funny. <laughs> you made that racist. <laughs> Chris Tucker. They're both uh, funny. Ruby Road. I'm looking it up right here. Yeah, it's Chris Tucker. Okay. Um. Oh. This one's easy for me. Me too. Go ahead. Ruby Road. Yeah. I hate Jar Jar Binks. I can't. I just can't. Uh, he, uh, like, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's an answer that Jar Jar Binks would beat. Like, he's pretty far up my list of avoiding these characters. Yeah, maybe. And I'm not... There are things that aren't terrible in the prequels trilogy of Star Wars. Like, I like my Star Wars. And there's things that aren't terrible in that. I recently watched them with my kids because they wanted to see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so I just started at episode one because that's honestly the most kid-friendly one. Yeah. Uh, except for the whole Darth Maul like, getting cut in half thing. Uh, what a waste of a Sith. Yeah. That's a great scene, though. It is. Um, have you seen the new Solo movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not totally wasted. Spoilers again. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been every week. six or eight months. Still. Um, but they I only think, did that because of people like me. Well, no, but I think it's been in that way in the cartoon for a while. Oh, I don't watch them. I don't either, but I, I read about stuff. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but Jar Jar. He, the most useless, annoying character in any series. I would say he is the most annoying. I do not agree that he's the most useless. because. But he, if he didn't... Okay, go. This uh, is a quick tangent. This is a quick. T- well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we have such thing as a quick tangent, and I think this might be our last question of the night because <laughs> um, we're at a half hour right now. Uh, okay, the most useless character in Star Wars in a Star Wars movie. I cannot think of her name. What is the um, Rose from Last Jedi? She's the 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 female like engineer whose sister dies. Oh, and that's okay. not that's not the actor's fault. That's not anything with that but plot wise that whole entire storyline does nothing yeah. for the plot of that movie so she is a useless character okay. by definition of being useless that makes Jar Jar a little bit more purposeful so yeah she's an she's a character that has like a little... motivations that's decently well written that's well acted so so but her as far as her driving the plot of anything going on Unless in episode seven or nine, whatever, some things get, you know, explained. Uh, her character is useless. Um, I think she does a good job of playing it. Yeah. I, I like the actress playing it. I liked that movie, but that's a useless character. Jar Jar uh, is arguably one of the most pivotal characters in that entire saga. Okay. He's the one who cast the vote to give the power to the emperor. So, but you don't, okay. He, annoying? Yes, yes. Definitely takes the cake on that one. But next to, uh, well, next to the emperor himself, Jar Jar may be the most pivotal, pivotal character in that saga. Okay. Okay. I never gave him that credit mostly because well, I don't know that he deserves credit for it. He was manipulated and fell right into it. Well, that's why it's not him. I mean, it's whoever. Yeah, but he did it. He cast the vote. Yeah, but it's not even him. Like you're saying, it's okay. I'll just let go my bias and say you're right because you're making sense. Oh, he's awful. Yes. Again, I, I don't think it's the actor's fault either. I think it's just that was a terrible character uh, that's incredibly annoying. 
Um, and this is this is ground that's been trod a many times. There's nothing new about Jar Jar being annoying, but there would not be a, a Star Wars <laughs> saga that we're familiar with without Jar Jar. Yeah. Could have somebody else have done it? Sure. And they would have, right? They would, yeah, he probably. But the way that the way that it all played out was because of Jar Jar. Okay. Yep. Fine. Thanks, David. Now we're fighting. I know. No, we're not fighting. <laughs> we both agree <laughs> you know, that. Yeah, it's fine. No, I think we both agree on that. That Jar Jar is not who we'd want to be on the double on the Definitely card. Definitely true. With. Definitely. Oh my gosh, being with Jar Jar would be like. I would not play. I I don't I I'm not mean enough to walk away from somebody like that. Only Jar Jar. It would be. It would be excruciating. But he wouldn't. Let, he would follow you. Like that's what he does. He would not let you walk away. So you have to play. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You've got to yep. finish the thing. And then say sorry, thanks for playing. And Bye. then is he in your life forever? Oh, what if he like likes you? Things of nightmares, man. I know. No, thank you, David, for the question. But Jar Jar is a no. Kevin is just contemplating life with I, Jar Jar, yeah, and just it. staring <laughs> off at like how awful that would be to have. Because I, for some reason, this popped into my head not too long ago. Um. We had a neighbor who's had some family that were moving into the area and they were staying with them for a little while. They had a son that was my age. Um, and it was like, Hey, do you want to go play? Like it's a new kid in the neighborhood. I'll invite him to go play. And, uh, nothing wrong with this person, but I didn't want to like, that was like a, Hey, let's go, let's go out and play. I was like, I don't know, 11 at the time. Okay. Uh, and so we went and played and then like, I'm probably misremembering it, but it seemed like three times a day for the rest of the time that he lived at that house, which is probably like a couple months. Hey, do you want to go play? Do you want to go play? You want to go uh-huh. play? And it was like, I, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't right every now. day. What about like every six minutes? And I was saying like three Jar-jar. times a day. He would. Oh no, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and Always. this was a person who was a decent person, and well, Jar Jar tries to be decent, but this is like, there's nothing really wrong with this person. He just wanted a friend. And I like having friends, but I wasn't wanting to be with him, mm-hmm. like, locked at the hip. Uh, and I I wish the best for this person if he happens to be listening to the show and he figures out who he is. Um, but it was I, – I just didn't want to be out doing the things that he wanted to be doing all the time. Like, Happens. So, yeah. Uh, boy, Jar Jar. Ugh. Boy, that was a bummer of a question. We can go one more. Yeah, we and gotta go one more. We gotta do a palate cleanser. Boy, Can't leave with Jar Jar. Okay. Man. Uh, from Dan. <laughs> Sorry, that was. Is it my turn to read? Yeah, from Dan. Okay. <sighs> All right. Daniel Smith. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. Would you rather be required to throw a roller off every tee or forehand putt for anything inside circle two? All right. Short but sweet. It's a hard question. Okay, so in my head, I'm trying to decide. From circle one to circle two, I could putt pretty well forehand. Okay, see, if he didn't give the powers to the Emperor, like the complete control power, (laughs) then the Jedi Council would have still had the authority to override him. 
he wouldn't have been able to execute Order sixty six. He wouldn't have even there. There wouldn't even the clone army wouldn't have been authorized. It still would have been like they would have been hanging out on Camino until they died off. Yep. So. You're not making me like him anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not like <laughs> he's he's pivotal, but it's not because of who he is. No. Which no, is, which is why I call him useless because it's nothing about who Jar Jar is. Which is like the exact opposite of Rose, which is like I think a she's a awesome. well written decent character that has no. She goes on an adventure, no question about that. Side stories are fun, but but it has no n- nothing to do with the plot. Yeah, it's it's like a B B plot. And Jar Jar's character a, has nothing to do with the plot, but his storyline is the story. No, line. Jar Jar could have been a, a much less annoying character. He could have been a Chewbacca been, type could have character. Been anything. Or even like a droid type character, you know, that's Anybody. like, you know, an ancillary character, yeah. but not Chewbacca's not ancillary, but like a side character, a supporting character that's, that's not mm-hmm. the worst, but, uh, and to, to Lucas's <laughs> credit, uh, Jar Jar's role was dramatically diminished in the, in the rest of the movies. Good. He was everywhere in episode one and then barely in the rest of yeah, them. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, okay. Um, um Anyway. Roller off the tee or forehand putting inside circle two. Um, from circle one to circle two. And see, then you wouldn't have had Django. I know. I was good. <laughs> I knew it was coming. All right. All right. We're done on that one. Okay. Daniel Smith. We're going to give you the full deal. Okay. <laughs> Roller off the tee or forehand putt for inside circle two. Focus, Chris. Come Misa. on. <laughs> Misa trying. <laughs> Misa going to tangent. Uh, okay. Ooh, disc golf. Um. This one's got to be called like Misa something. <laughs> Misa trying. Okay. Misa um, trying. So I'm just, I'm trying to balance. Let's see. How many tee shots have something you have to carry to be in play? Like if you have okay. a pond or something right in front of the tee, that makes rollers harder because then you have to throw a sky roller. And then that's hard to get down in the right place and have it finish quickly because usually when there's a carry, the basket's close behind that. Um, I can sort of forehand putt from circle one to circle two. Like I do this nice little floater Annie with a slammer. Um, but inside circle one, I'm now giving up strokes. So this is inside circle two. Anything inside. Oh, but circle one's included in circle, circle two. one and circle two. Okay. So I'm going to say, oh man. Cause if there, if there wasn't the worry of carrying trouble off the tee, I would do roller. Cause I have a good forehand roller for like 300 feet. I have good backhand roller from like 300 feet to 400 feet. I can make it work. But then any hole with water carry, I'm thinking like hole one at Fountain Hills. It's 400 feet over water and the basket's right on the water. So I'm throwing flick rollers around, right? That's just a terrible idea. Well, no, it just has to be your one tee shot. So you just throw a flick roller off and then. No, I'm going with forehand putting. Okay. I think I could do it. It would cost me a couple strokes, but then I would never have to try and roll over a pond. So this question right here is a really good uh, example of why our show is called what it is, Pro-Am Disc Golf. Uh, This required zero thought for me. Really? Yeah. I I can't throw a roller (laughs) to (laughs) save my life. If I try to get a roller down, like, it doesn't matter if it's a flick roller or a backhand forehand, like sky roller, it goes about 15 feet and then turns the other way from where I'm wanting it to go. And sometimes rolls behind me. So uh, I'm going to do the forehand putt because at least there I can guarantee forward momentum mm-hmm. and forward progress and eventually get to where I'm dropping it in. Yeah. And we'll just have to practice putting that way. 
if, and if, if get okay at it. If I could have some sort of exemption for um, like an initial carry, I'd probably go with rollers. Yeah, because you can throw a roller. Because any low ceiling shot, like I'm a tall guy, I get freaked out by low ceilings. I throw forehand rollers. Now, I would like to have a roller. And I say that as the guy who's always championing field work. Actually, <laughs> do it, but we can get you one. Yeah, it's more fun to throw it far or try to throw it far. Um, yeah. But yeah, the only rollers I've ever successfully thrown. Oh, oh, no. The only rollers that I've been happy with are accidental rollers <laughs> where it's just a disc that dives and then rolls in the general direction of where I'm wanting yeah, it to go. Throwing. Yeah, throwing. I like throwers. Uh, yeah. And I can't control those well enough to, to say that that's actually going to happen. So, But I agree with you that the carrying stuff over the tee. So I'm going to say that you can't do that. It's just every tee shot has to be a roller. Uh, that would be really hard. Because even courses that you don't even think are designed for it, you have to carry something like a little, you know, depression in the ground mm-hmm. or, or some rocks or you yeah, know, they, just, a, they, just a bad tee pad. Bad stuff can happen. Yeah. I mean, there's... You don't think about carrying 18 inches of dirt, but you have to, you mm-hmm. know? No, rollers rollers can go awry very quickly. Yeah. And if you're hitting stuff. A root, and, a rock, a pothole, a yeah. gopher hole, a anything. Yeah. Well, and if you're playing on a golf course, like a like an a actual golf easier. course. Yeah, because you're, you're, it should be a pretty predictable oh. manicured surface. But I didn't even think about like mountain golf. No. It's like just solitude with rollers. Yeah, I've I've thrown rollers down eighteen. It's just going in boulders. It goes maybe halfway. Yeah. You're so pra- practical dirt. answer is forehand putting. Yeah. My answer is still rollers. It's fun. <laughs> well, that's that makes it more fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it there tonight, Chris. We've got just a handful left. One, two, three, four. Uh, that's a big handful, but yeah. Yeah. Oh no, geez, that's more than I thought. We got eleven. Should um, we go one more? No, no. Let's let's keep it for tonight. Okay. So well, I don't know. Let's re- look at the next one. Okay, this, this is, is a good one. Hunter. Okay, it's Hunter. Okay. Uh, okay, hypothetical doubles. Guy blind in one eye with very bad depth perception, a.k.a. myself. I feel you. Or guy with sprained wrist and can't manipulate release angle. I'd rather play with bad depth perception. Uh, I would too. I, I have bad depth perception. Do you have bad depth perception? I do. I don't okay. know why. Like I have pretty good vision. Pretty athletic, pretty coordinated. But uh-huh. gauging distance, I'm terrible. I'm bad at it, but I think it's more of just like a, I don't think it's a depth perception thing. I think it's something else, but. Oh, it could be something else then. I yeah, just blame depth perception. Um, um, like I can't, like if I, depth perception wise, I'm, I'm decent. Like I can, for practical purposes, I can judge about how far something is. But if someone's like, like if you ask me how far that window is for me right now, I'd say anywhere between five and 15 feet. Like I don't know. You're correct. Yeah, it's between 5 and 15 feet, yep. probably. Yep. But it could be 27 feet. I honestly don't know. Uh, the ceilings... Ceilings are harder to tell. I can. I know enough, a little bit about buildings. So these are probably 10-foot 10. 10 ceilings. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm just bad at that kind of stuff. Like, when I make a putt and I'm playing with you and you're like, whoa, that was really good. I'm like, yeah, it was like 10 feet out. And you're like, no, it's like 35 feet out. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess that makes sense because I'm having to take a lot of steps to get there. What's funny, though, real quick tangent... My depth perception is not good, but on local courses, I kind of like remember flights and what it looks like to mm. be certain places. So I'm pretty good about watching a disc fly and saying, you're 20 feet left of that tree. Okay. Or you're 18 feet from the basket, like on release, which is weird. That's pretty good. I can't do that. I'm pretty good on my local courses. But I've, I've got some friends with 
vision in one eye and they get by just fine. Yeah. Like I think you they can do. drive, they can do all sorts of stuff. And a bad so, wrist is hard to play with. So I'd yeah, I feel them. bad playing with somebody with, and like, I could, with a you, mean, you, wrist. Can t- you can tell your partner and be like, Hey, you're 40 feet out. Throw it a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be like, Hey, you're 40 feet out. Use a little more wrist. Yeah. <laughs> stop being such a wiener. <laughs> <coughs> all right uh oh you put a bunch here in there okay he is three clone of yourself now or yourself five years ago me or you who's first uh i would play with a clone of you now <laughs> i would play with myself five years ago um i just didn't know you then so it, you know it'd be like playing with a stranger well and, and that's kind of the fun um five years ago 2013 was kind of like I hadn't played a tournament. I didn't know competitive disc golf existed. I was probably about as good as I am now. I just didn't know because I played for fun only. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be fun to kind of like talk to myself what I know now, what I knew then. And it'd be kind of fun too because I wasn't playing at all five years ago. And kind of see what skill sets have changed. Because I've had big cycles of skill shifts. Like I've gone from forehand only to backhand only to forehand preferred back to now backhand preferred. So, I mean, putting, I've changed my putting style every three months my whole life. Like, it'd be interesting to play with an older version of myself and yeah. see what's changed slash what can I improve with, you know, that exposure. Yeah. I, I guess I'm going to agree with you because I just think it would be kind of fun to play with myself from five years ago and right see like, and, and mostly just listen to myself go, why did you buy so many discs? And I'd be like, hey, go practice putting. You'll throw far <laughs> enough. I'd be like, well, you're throwing not much farther than, you know, much shorter than I am now, but I bought these discs because I like them all right. <laughs> uh, and it would be also cool to kind of tell myself, like, here's some stuff coming up. Don't do this. Do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. All right. Uh, third question that he has. He, boy, Hunter, come on. Ken Klimo in his Climo Klimo in I his prime. I say Climo. Will Schustrick in his prime or Paul Macbeth in his prime? <sighs> A little bit of clarification here. Um, Ken, in his prime, didn't... I don't even think they had high-speed drivers. No. I think in the 90s... I think that was his prime, right? Like late 90s run, early 2000s? Yeah, I think we're going to say the same thing here. Um, He was the best by far. He's the all-time winningest disc golfer. I don't think he's ever going to lose that record of 12 world championships. Oh, no. Or I mean, at least maybe, 12. But he might have more like, than that now. Did he win another? Uh, he, he's, he may have won like another Masters yeah, or something. I don't know. I don't think anyone will ever win worlds more than he has. That said, I think Paul Macbeth in his prime was better than Ken. I think so too. I think the level of competition has just gone up. Yeah. But I'm also very curious to see what Kenny would do with modern discs if he were still in his prime. So like if you were to take, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Michael Jordan, LeBron James question. Like the, the game has changed enough that it's hard to say who's a better player because the game's not quite the same. Yeah, I'd have Jordan on guard and Braun on forward. So it's nice because you got a basketball team to fill. Um. <laughs> so I think Ken was more dominant, but 2015 Macbeth is, I think, the best season a disc golfer may ever have. He yeah, was at least, so dominant. At least to now. Like, I mean, there's... He, yeah, I mean, he was he was almost perfect. Yeah. I, I agree that it's Macbeth. And, it's, and I think it's just... Macbeth is building on what, what Ken did mm-hmm. and I, not to take anything away from anybody. And in fairness, I'm not sure I know who Will Schuster is. He, yeah, he got hurt. He hasn't played much lately. Okay. He three time us champ. Okay. Then I'll pick Will Schuster just to make him feel good. Cause he's amazing. He um, is. He's a really good golfer. Yeah. But, uh, I just think that 
I and we've said this I think on a previous episode that if Ken was playing now, he would be in the talk. I think he would mm-hmm. be among the top five or six, maybe ten mm-hmm. players always. But I think that I don't think Ken would be that dramatically better than maybe even like a Sexton. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I think I'd put Ken top five for sure. Yeah, like I said, I'm so curious what '90s Ken, 2000s Ken would do with modern discs. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's doing it now. He's throwing but it he's now. But he's not in his prime anymore. But, and also, like, if you look at his in the bag, he's not doing it. Like, he yeah. throws a lot of old school discs, uh-huh. which is That's what he what should be do. doing. Um, okay. Really, though, any of those, I'm fine with. Yeah, but I would pick <laughs> Macbeth. That's, that's, I, I that think, I think Macbeth had the best prime. I yeah. think he's the best all-around disc golfer that we've seen so far. I think so, too. And that's not to say that I th- I Eagle think... or Simon might not get there. Or even Ricky, or, or mm-hmm. you know, um, but I think Macbeth's the best all around. I think I think 2015 Macbeth is the best disc golfer that has happened so far. Okay, yeah. I think someone will pass it because skills are going up. But and uh, this we can just end the email right no, here. No, most importantly, also Chris, you're wrong. I'm not wrong though. Hawkeye is the best. Also the best Avenger. Just saying. Okay, you just nullified the whole thing by saying he's the best Avenger. Because he's clearly not. I don't know that I would agree that he's the best Avenger. So that makes, best is that makes the term. rest of his argument false. But I, well, no, I think you're wrong. And that's the key of it. That's, <laughs> that's the crux here. Um, but, and, and, and Hawkeye would definitely be better to have on your team than Bullseye. Because um, you go home alive when Hawkeye's on your team. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, but, but he can't protect you from Bullseye anyway. So, So I guess best is a relative term. Like... Is best meaning like has the greatest set of powers? Because then it's probably Hulk. Thor. Well, Th- Hulk is super strong, but Thor has the lightning and the immortality. Yeah, I did watch Ragnarok. Oh. Oh, my God. I love it. Those two. Yeah. But who got the spaceship to start on voice command of saying the strongest Avenger? Yeah, that's true. So. That's, that's well, but that was obviously my boy Bruce. With, with Star. But it was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Uh, that movie's very good. So, yeah, Bruce is still the best Avenger. So, yeah. Um, I guess Bruce isn't the Avenger. Hulk is the Avenger, right? Cause, I don't know, because Bruce Banner helps him, too. I didn't realize how divided they were. Yeah. Bruce Banner made Ultron with Tony Stark. All right. There's another tangent for you. <laughs> You're just trying to get out of me proving you and Hunter wrong here. Somebody else back me up. Hawkeye, definitely not the best Avenger. He's fine. But Bullseye would beat Hawkeye in a fight, I, so back me up. No, and I and I, I am gonna. You know what? We can we can table this conversation for another time. But <laughs> I'm coming around on on Hawkeye being the best Avenger because, uh, he definitely doesn't have the strongest power set because he doesn't really have powers other than just incredible aim and accuracy. Uh, but he's kind of the heart of that team. So there you go. Chris just just headbutted his microphone. <sighs> well, yep. We'll, okay. We'll table it. Right into us. Promdiscgolf at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash promdiscgolf. Uh, Instagram at promdiscgolf. Uh, anything else you want to tell the people, Chris? Um, thanks for writing in. We'll get through the rest of these next week. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they're a lot of fun. If you won, give us your email address. Or sorry, not email address. Your physical address. Yeah. We got to send you a Frisbee. Yeah, we'll get them sent out to you. And until next time, keep throwing plastic. Cheers.